Hey everyone, welcome to the Doc May Diet Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Brian May. Every episode, I strive to break down and talk about the most relevant health topics and give you the basics so you have what you need to know and understand in order to live a healthy and happy life. So if you're listening, thank you. And thank you for trusting me to guide you along your journey of personal health and wellness. Also, if you're listening, feel free to share my message. Go ahead and like and subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And also follow me on social media on Instagram and Facebook at Doc May Diet. Without further ado, let's get to today's episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Doc May Diet Podcast, episode number 25. Today's guest is Dr. Daniel Peebles. Dr. Danielle is a chiropractor, author, speaker, and leader in her community. She is located down in St. Louis, Missouri. Her practice is pro-health family chiropractic. She wrote the book, Sex Sent Me to the Chiropractor, which comedically teaches us the benefits of chiropractic care. She's also a leader in the African-American community through different organizations, such as the Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority and the YMCA of O'Fallon Park, where she's a board member. Been looking forward to have Dr. Peoples on for quite some time now. Dr. Peoples, how are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. How about yourself? Doing well, doing well. All right. Let's start from the top. What initially sent you down your journey into becoming a, a chiropractor? Well, I wanted to be a doctor since I was six. I've always said, oh, I want to be a doctor when I grow up. And then as I continue growing and learning more about the medical field, my heart was set on becoming a neurosurgeon. Mm. But during the summer after my junior year in undergrad, I went to St. Louis University and I was a chemistry pre-med student. But one summer, something that typically does not happen, happened for me. On the St. Louis Med campus, there is a dean, of an office of multicultural affairs. And the dean from that office contacted me to ask me if I would participate and be one of the program coordinators for a six-week program for high school students wanting to become medical doctors. Hmm. The reason this was such a unique opportunity is because they normally do not have undergraduates as a program coordinator. It's right. normally the second year med student. Yeah. But yeah. this particular summer, they couldn't find a second, second year med student to fill the spot. And a person, an administrator, an educator, I have only met him once that I recall ever even having a brief conversation with them, Mr. Brown. And he promoted me to them. He said, hey, give Danielle Peebles a chance. She's an undergrad. And they were like, no, we don't want any undergrads. They're not right. mature enough. They were really yeah. worried about me being in a position. And he vouched for me. And I'm thinking, I don't even remember this man this well. So <laughs> he got me in there. But the results of that program was not only did I prove myself and teach them a lot of things, but the mentor, a mentor came along and she asked me, she said, what do you want to be when you grow up? I said, I want to be a neurosurgeon. But she asked two important questions that end up changing the trajectory of my whole career path. Mm. The first one was, do you want to have a family? And the second one was, have you ever thought about being a chiropractor? Mm. Imagine that coming from someone off of the med campus. Right, right. <laughs> saying, do you, have you ever thought about being a chiropractor? And so she set me up and got the wheels turning. And I was excited as I continued to do the research. I was like, oh, great. I still get to be in the neurosurgery. I mean, not neurosurgery, but in the neurology field right. and still make an impact. 
And yeah. so yeah. the more I learned, the more I researched, it was just exciting to me. I, I still get excited every day in the office. Yeah, and that seems like such a natural progression to go from being interested in the neuroanatomy and neurophysiology, because you're still impacting the nervous system, as, you, as we know, through chiropractic, but in a different method, you know, we're, we're not, you're not exactly cutting people open, but we're impacting it just as profoundly, in my opinion. Absolutely. So Absolutely. the question that she asks, do you want to have a family? Why did she ask that question? Because she's aware of the amount of time that's dedicated as a surgeon in mm. the hospital. And when she asked me that question, I was like, of course I want to have a family. But it was interesting that she asked that at that time because my value system was changing. I have always been taught to be aware of what my value system is. Mm -hmm. Okay, so prioritize. What are your values? And at first, when I started undergrad, my values were career, family, et cetera. Okay. But as I was nearing graduation, my value system was shifting to family, career, et cetera. So when she asked me, do I want to have a child or do I want to have a family? And I said, absolutely. She said, okay, are you aware of the time? And just kind of took me through some of the other details in that field. Yeah. And I said, well, I have seen a lot of Lifetime movies <laughs> and I do not want my children to only know the nanny. I want them to right. know me. I saw the hand that rocked the cradle and that shook me <laughs> from a very young age. So I was like, yeah see what <laughs> okay well, let's see what the chiropractor has to offer if it's something so, a little <laughs> so this mentor why was she so aligned with the chiropractic she actually had a good friend uh that actually was a teacher at logan okay her name was dr bell I'm, i don't recall her first name but dr bell was an african-american instructor over at logan and she said you know let me introduce you to her maybe you all could go out to lunch maybe she could tell you more and yes and that just continued to light the fire under me awesome awesome so then i guess so that was like your junior year of college is when it had really changed and decided to apply to chiropractic college and the rest is history Actually, it was senior year. And senior year, yes, the rest was history. And it really rolled. Yeah. Literally, I had just taken the MCAT. I reached out to Logan. Logan was like, hey, yeah, you want to try to let's see what we could do and see if we can get you in. But everything lined up so well. And I met very little resistance because everything was on point for me. Right. And they wanted me to actually start the Monday after my graduation, I was like, oh, oh, no. wow. <laughs> Very soon. Oh, no. That's okay. I'll take the summer off. Yeah. Please. Yeah. At least give me that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. All right. So we'll get back to more of that later, but I want to get to that, the title of your book. Very, very eye-catching, right? I mean, that's yes. good marketing right there for sure. So <laughs> that was the point. <laughs> so sex sent me to the chiropractor. Tell me about that. So let me tell you how it even came about. <laughs> As a young child, I've always been a writer. All of my classmates knew I would sit in class and write these little novellas, as they would say, and then pass them around the classroom and tell them to read it. And so one of my classmates, he's a motivational speaker, author. His list of titles is quite long. Okay. And he had just finished having a book signing. And he said, Danielle, when are you writing your book? And I said, uh... I don't have a book to write. What are you talking about? <laughs> he said, no, you have a book and you were always the writer. I wasn't even a writer. So when are you going to write your book? Uh, I don't know. And as time was going on, 
I knew I wanted to continue to educate. Education is so huge for me. And I knew I wanted to teach people about chiropractic, but I wanted to come from an angle that would make them want to learn. Mm -hmm. So at first the book started out as women's issues, but I was bored. (laughs) So if I'm bored with the women's issues, as I'm stating it in the book, why do I need to go down that track? So I continue working, brainstorming and marketing appears to us in three arenas. If we really think about it, it appears to us in three arenas. Drugs, money, sex. I knew you were, yep. That's how they promote to us. Drugs, money, sex. Mm-hmm. Well, I couldn't promote drugs to you as chiropractors. We do right. not prescribe drugs. So very that ed- and it's very hypothetical too. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Mm. So then we have uh, money. Well, people think we cost a lot. So there's that's yeah. a very shaky ground. Who wants to read about chiropractic and money? Right. It hasn't worked yet. So right. why would I do it? Sex. Well, the word sex alone gets eyebrows raising. And then people start coming up with things of their own. And then they have questions. Questions leads to dialogue. Yeah. So now I get to, I use what you recognize. And then I bring you in and teach you something new. So that's always been my philosophy and practice is take what you recognize, bring you in and teach you something new. Mm-hmm. So that came to sex sent me to the chiropractor. That's how the book came about. But the book itself is a switch and bait. I have fun. <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, to go with and to continue with that, that sex analogy, it's almost like the Trojan horse, right? You, you... It is a Trojan horse. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's I should have put that in there. It's a Trojan horse. <laughs> More messaging in there, right? <laughs> right. But what the book actually does is I actually teach you the benefits of chiropractic and focus on stress of the body, as well as the sexual reproductive system. So in this, a lot of people are learning that chiropractic can help patients who are dealing with miscarriages, pregnancies, menstrual cycle issues, erectile dysfunction, and the list just goes on. And so I educate them on, yes, we can impact that, as well as some other things mentioning with dealing with stress in the book as well. Right, right. And then, I mean, stress in general impacts every system, let alone the every system. system. Yes. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely can, can speak to that um, in terms of, you know, people having trouble getting pregnant as, as Correct. well. Correct. Yeah. That too. Incredible. Really cool. Yeah, I, li- I like your, uh, your, 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 the sex, drugs, and money as the three things that are going to perk my eyebrows up. That makes sense then. That was smart. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. So reading your bio, um, I kept coming across that you like to address healthcare disparities. So what exactly are you addressing when you say that? The cool thing about chiropractic is I get to use it as a vehicle to address some of the inequalities that uh, minorities and other people, marginalized people are experiencing with the American healthcare system. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it comes down to really educating to, if they're educated enough, then they can advocate for themselves, but a lot of them are not educated. So using chiropractic, I am helping people to really learn what their body should function, how it should function, what their body does, and then letting them know that maintaining a spinal, good spinal health is going to be the baseline for their overall health. And so when they lay on my table, I'm able to, long before I pull out a blood pressure cuff, 
checking certain segments, I can tell them your blood pressure is raising. Have you been noticing more fatigue and more exhaustion lately than usual? And they're like, yeah, your blood pressure is rising. Let's check it out. What's going on? And then I assess their lifestyle Mm -hmm. and exercising, and then I get them moving. So my goal is to catch it early. Sometimes I'm catching it and it's such a slight elevation. See, with chiropractic, we can catch things long before the medical threshold. Right. And I educate my patients on that. Hey, when I'm checking, I'm checking everything. I don't want you to have to go to the extreme for care yet. Let's fix it early. So, yeah. And they're surprised because they say, oh, I don't feel like my blood pressure. I say, well, let's check it. Oh, today it's 127 over what? And they like, my blood pressure is normally 112. That's what I mean by it's elevated. It won't catch anyone else's attention, but it is definitely something we need to take care of prior to getting to that point. I definitely see that a lot with thyroid issues for well. A lot of yes, thyroid issues well. are subclinical. They go and they get their labs or T3, T4, TSH is all within normal limits, quote unquote. But you can exactly. see how it's trending and you, you see their symptomatology and then you check their spinal alignment as well. For sure. So, so what do you think are some obstacles for minorities learning about chiropractic options? Well, there's the fear of the unknown. And that's not just Amer- African-Americans. Uh, that's everybody. everybody. Yeah, right. That's right. across the board. The fear of the unknown. And so in my office, when I say it's all about education, I treat my office almost as a clinic. Mm-hmm. So when patients come in, a lot of times they've had the opportunity to see another patient get adjusted or they've been the guest of another patient because I encourage them, bring someone in, let them yeah. come in and see you get adjusted. So I can show them what I'm doing. And if they can see what I'm doing, they know what I'm doing. Then when they leave, they can communicate it because I tell them, you better know what you're talking about when you walk out this office, because you just said Dr. Peebles and I'm going to be offended if you mess up my name out there. <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, okay, okay, okay. But they do such a great job (laughs) of going out there and explaining it because I break it down to them in very simple terms. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So basically it sounds like you use every opportunity through an adjustment when somebody's laying on the table as an education moment. Every opportunity. To the point that I retrain them to, I change their conversation. I change how they bring their concerns to me. Day one, they come in, they say, my neck hurt, my back hurt. And by the time they're, let's say their fifth or sixth visit, they now know how to come in and say, you know, I've been feeling extra gassy lately. I've been having headaches or I can't, I keep tossing and turning. Mm -hmm. I know this is going on. So now they know the language and they're more direct in what their complaint is. Yes, that only helps their outcomes as well. It does. And it helps them communicate to others. So I have so many patients running around telling people, oh, that's your rib out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, how do you know? My rib can't go anywhere. (laughs) So then they start explaining it. So you mentioned that fear of the unknown was something that's blocking people from from coming to chiropractic. What about fear of their misconceptions? So what would be like three misconceptions people have about chiropractic? The one thing is that once you start, you have to keep going. So I'm constantly addressing that question. The next one is they don't want to be cracked. I tell them, I refer to my favorite poster, eggs get cracked, we get adjusted. (laughs) And the other issue is they're worried about being hurt. So 
they hear the hurt stories. Then they see these fun videos of everybody getting popped. And of course, with the microphone close, it just sounds yep. extreme. On TikTok, they got the microphones. They got bags of peas that they're cracking. Exactly. <laughs> and, and then I have, next thing I know, my phone is ringing. Time, Dr. Peoples, please explain this. And then they shoot mm-hmm. me the video. And I'm like, yep. Yep. okay. <laughs> so those are the three main conceptions is that it costs a lot of money. Do it Once I start, do I have to keep going? Is it going to hurt? And do I have to be popped? I kind of threw a fourth one in with cost of money, but those are the other three. So when I'm addressing them with my patients in my office, now I can't speak for anyone else's office, but in my office, I tell them, once you start coming to me and you learn the difference of being in alignment versus out of alignment, I don't make you come back. You want to come back because you want to maintain that. And then the next question usually is, well, well, how long does it last? Well, that depends on your activities. And I don't want you to limit your activities because you're worried about a joint coming out of place or in in layman's terms. Mm -hmm. Go out and live your life. That's what a quality of life is about. Have fun. Mm -hmm. Have fun. But you shouldn't have to have fun with, oh, I might get hurt. Right, right. And I, I think I see that sometimes the chiropractors, they try to really constrain and, and limit their patients. Now, if somebody's coming in a major injury, obviously I'm going to say, all right, the next right. weeks, let's just, you know, be smart. But uh, always the goal should be to get them to live as unlimited a life as they possibly can. Correct. I agree. And, and to your point about not needing to come back forever, you're just going to want to imagine if we took a, a caveman, right? We put him in a time machine, brought him into today where he had all today's modern, just, just basics, just housing, you know, showering, bathing, high, high, electricity. what's that? Electricity. Yeah. Yeah. And then you put him back. Guess what? He's going to want all that stuff again, but all the other cavemen are going to be like, see, you give somebody that technology and that hygienics, they're going to need, need to go back forever. It's the same thing with getting adjusted. Once you get adjusted and you feel how good it is and how much better you perform, think, sleep, whatever the case may be. Why wouldn't you want that forever? Absolutely. I have patients that actually say, okay, I want to come in here every week. Instead of me saying, I want you to come in here every week. There's a huge tone shift in that that conversation. It, It changes completely when the patient wants it. Yep. Because they feel it now. They understand it. And they're like, I can't live without this. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Now, what would you say to somebody who has had a previously bad chiropractic experience? So it just depends on where we are when we have that conversation. If they happen to be in my office or at a chiropractic focused event, I I always, always, always empathize with them. And then I try to inform them. Yes, absolutely. I empathize because it does happen, but it doesn't only happen in chiropractic. It happens in every discipline. You can have a bad experience, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't stop us from going to the med. Well, some of us from going to the medical doctor. Figures of speaking. It doesn't stop you from going to the medical doctors. It doesn't stop you going from the dentist. It doesn't stop you from taking your car to the mechanic. Right. So you find someone that fits you. Yeah. So then I take that time to in, 
encourage them to say, okay, try someone else or try someone with a different technique. And that's when I use that opportunity to let them know there are more than 200 techniques for correcting the body, not just the one you're familiar with because of what's been commercialized. Right, right. So what is unique about you and your technique and your interaction with patients that allows them to respond so quickly? In my office, I use the I use the rule of threes for everything. And I specialize in the activator methods technique. While I do sometimes do diversified technique with this, which is the manual adjusting using my hands. Mm-hmm. I also do Logan basic, but I specialize in the activator methods and I use that as a teaching tool as well for them. And the reason I get such great results is because I'm so specific And I have over the years connected the dots that when certain issues are going on, I know specific levels that needs to be addressed to make that issue improve quickly. So I tell my patients, give me three adjustments, three adjustments. And after your third adjustment, you can decide if you want to stay or fire me because by the third adjustment, you should have had a significant improvement that you can hang your hat on. Wow. I like that. You're putting your money where your mouth is. Yes. I've only been fired like twice. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it happens. I mean, again, like we said, you always got to find a chiropractor that's right for you. Right. Right. They didn't even give me the three adjustments. I was like, wait a minute. You didn't even get the three. So you can't, you can't even count that. Okay. I shouldn't even count it, but, but it's definitely, and this is in 12 years of practice. I haven't been fired because I didn't get results. Gotcha. Gotcha. So back to more of you and your personal story, what would you consider some of your sources of inspiration? My family, my friends, and my patients. We have such good camaraderie that my patients, we all kind of come off as like family, the way we come in, we laugh. So look, uh, I'm 4'11", all right? I don't, I don't typically admit that, but I'm 4'11". So my patients get a kick out of me because everyone's taller than me, including yeah. the five-year-old that just came in the door. So <laughs> they're always having fun. They, 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 they poke, they make jokes about my height. Mm-hmm. And, and I tell them, once you lay face down, I'm taller than everybody. That's right. That's right. You equal the pay- playing field there. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's cool. So, yes. So. Do you have a family then? Do you have children? I do. I have a child. I have a nine-year-old daughter named Jordan. Awesome. She is just my heart. I love her to pieces. And my little swimmer. So I love working with her, especially before a big swim meet. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'll, I'll be there soon, though. <laughs> it's a joy. I can't wait. All right. So to, to kind of go and really do a 180 here, we're talking about some good positive things. Everybody has a negative, right? So, so what one experience really sticks out in your head as, you know, you could call it the lowest point in your career and how did you learn from that and, and, and move on? Mm, as far as lowest point, well, when I think of lowest point, it was really in the beginning, not so much in the middle and having to do a bounce back. I haven't had one of those moments at the thus far. And I'm grateful, but Mm -hmm. definitely at the beginning, because we have to have somewhere to grow from. Correct. Right. And with the beginning, it was hard because 
I was new to it all. Yeah. Everything. It was overwhelming. I wasn't bringing in money yet. And I was starting something that had not ever been started. I was the first in my family owning a business, being the chiropractor, just all of it. And, so, and chiropractic college, I mean, at least mine, doesn't really prepare you all that well to, to be a business owner. It prepares you to, to be a doctor, absolutely. But unfortunately, as is currently constituted in this country, you have to be a business owner as well as a chiropractor. Yes, and most, probably like 90% of the field, we're business owners. Mm -hmm. But yes, so there were some things I had to learn. I, I was more stressed out about the money. I was in a unique situation in that growing up, I didn't have to have a job. So technically my first job was opening my practice. Not to say I didn't know anything about money and managing that did help a lot, but it was still the strain of, I didn't have the income. So that was stressful gaining the patience that was discouraging. I was very fortunate that patients from clinic followed me to my practice. So they were my starting patients. I mean, it was awesome to have someone signed up on the calendar day one that right. I my doors. It definitely so. helps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. I mean, fortunately for you, you haven't had any low points since then, but again, it, it could, yeah, it could have been before you got started, but there always is something, always a springboard. We have to start from somewhere, right? Correct. I agree. You, you can't go up unless you've been down. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So what is your favorite part? on a daily basis of, of practicing chiropractic? Just watching the aha moment or when people see that they can do something that they weren't able to do. Or my favorite, one of my favorites that comes to mind right now is when they lay down on the table, especially like my ladies, they're like, oh, my ovaries are killing me because it's menstrual time. Mm -hmm. Or someone lays down with a headache and when they get up and they don't have it. And I try to do the moonwalk across carpet. <laughs> not pretty. <laughs> but they laugh anyway. They, they know I'm goofy. That's, that's the point. That's the point. Get to laugh, right. right. Better. And they were like, oh my goodness, this is so crazy. You you made that happen. Mm -hmm. So they call me a magician. They call they say I'm doing voodoo. I was like, it's not voodoo. It's <laughs> anatomy and physiology here. Right, right, right. And that goes back to your love of neuroanatomy. You know your work. Yes. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, I think we're very blessed in our career and the fact that the fruits of our labor are immediately visible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Some other careers where you, you work on a project for a long duration, you might not see the, the, the end result a year, two years, five years from now. So it's Correct. we get that instant gratification, which is good because I mean, we're, we're humans too. We need that dopamine hit. We need, we need that we course motivation. So th I think that's why, you know, when I tell people how many people I see on a daily basis, I tell them a number and like their jaws drop because I can't believe that a doctor can see that many people daily. Like, aren't you like exhausted, fatigued? Like, how do you do it? And like, how much time do you spend with them? I'm like, look, I, I get my results pretty quickly. But I, they're always awesome. And that feeds back into my energy. Right. Keeps me moving to the next one. So we're definitely blessed in that regard. Absolutely. I, I agree. Just don't want to lose sight of that. Okay. So reading more about you, you have a love of mathematics as well. So where, where in general does all this intersect? You know, where is the meeting point for your, your love of anatomy, your love of chiropractic, your love of mathematics? Where does it all conjoin? 
math has been my passion right along since six and well really since I was three I was that child that loved to get those math books from like Walmart so it started with pre-k and then I, I fly through the book and I was like I need another one and so I was flying through the math pretty quickly because I just loved it I picked, I ate it up hmm. I still eat it up I still get excited but as far as teaching it it's it's the connection is not what everybody necessarily consider because when they think of math they're thinking calculations numbers Right. And chiropractic, what's what's the connection? Well, actually, math is more than just teaching you calculations and numbers. It's giving you confidence. It's teaching you critical thinking skills. And so those skills are where they really intersect for me. When I'm working with a patient, I'm doing a puzzle. I'm calculating. I'm figuring out what needs to be worked on. When I'm doing my math or teaching it, I'm calculating. I'm figuring out where I need to move the number. But there's always a it's, there's always a method. So just like we were taught, do this first, second, third, and fourth for assessing and then treating, mm -hmm. that's the same thing in math. Learn the rules. One, two, three. If you learn the steps, then it doesn't matter what numbers I throw in front of you, big or small, you'll be able to navigate the process. And then if something looks foreign to you, figure out what's look familiar to you, start from there and move forward. And so I constantly use math and chiropractic together. But when I'm teaching, the main thing I'm teaching you is confidence in yourself so and confidence in your understanding of the material. That's interesting. So basically you pretty much just described when you were talking about figure out the process, the steps, that's order of operations. That's, that's it. That's a mathematical concept. And then figuring out, the second thing you mentioned was figure out what's familiar if you're faced with an unfamiliar situation, find what is familiar. That's like, all right, you could solve for X or you could solve for Y. And once you have X or Y, you could find Z. And that, that, and that applies. Yeah. That, I mean, I like to, you know, mention that that math does really apply to everything. Everything. Unfortunately, you say math and it doesn't quite sell like sex does. It doesn't. It doesn't. Math brought me to chiropractic. Yeah, that wouldn't sell as well. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to keep on moving past that book. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. So speaking about you personally, I mean, I mentioned how many people we can see depending on your practice. So we're very busy people. So what personal you know, health strategies do you like to employ to keep you on top of your game? Well, one thing is for certain, I make sure I'm stretching and moving daily. I cannot encourage you to stretch and then I'm not the example for you to follow. Gotta walk the talk. Yes, absolutely. So I'm always exercising, stretching. I drink my water daily. I do prayer and meditation. And so then most importantly, then. you say what? Your spiritual health. Yes, yes, because that's... When it comes to stress, brain, body, and chemistry all play a factor. So mm -hmm. I, I check what goes into my mind as well. So I pray and meditate. I try to eat clean most of the time. It might be about 95%, but yeah, I try to eat clean. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and then lastly, definitely not least, I get adjusted weekly. Sometimes go. several times a week, but I get adjusted. Yeah, we need it more than anybody else, I think. <laughs> right. <laughs> very cool very cool definitely i agree with that 95 percent. I, I try to teach my patients 80 percent. so 95 is pretty good it could be clean <laughs> all right and life happens sometimes we fall off but oh, for the most happens. part 
I'm I'm pretty strict on it. You got parties, you got weddings, you got events, but you always get back to it, right? You go off for a weekend, okay. you get back to it on Monday. Correct. Okay, so if you could just hypothetically upload like one piece of information into all 7.5 billion, how many people there are on this planet at this point, just one piece of information into the brain that they will follow if they get it to keep them healthy. What one, one piece of information would that be? Make your spinal health just as important as your dental health and any other part of your body. Love it. Just make that important. Love it. I remember um, I was in chiropractic college and I was at a seminar, I think it was in Tampa and I'm driving down the road, one of the major highways. And there's a, a, a picture, like a big billboard on the side of the road. And it has somebody's like smile. And it says the alignment of your smile is more important than anything else. There's something, something on that line. And I, I know I'm, I'm driving. And I went to the orthodontist when I was a kid and I know how expensive orthodontists and, and braces can be. So if people are willing to spend that much money on making sure their smile is aligned, I mean, that's great. I mean, you got a, you got a great smile. I can see that. I'm jealous of your smile. I had some <laughs> issues myself, but so I understand why people want to spend all that much, much money on their smile. But if you had to pick one and compare the impact of health, your smile has compared to the alignment of your spine, it's not even close. So, no. So no. I think it's up to us, you know, people like us to have these conversations and bring and, and, and treat each opportunity we have with the patient as an education moment to get this message out there. Absolutely. Awesome. So what is one miraculous case you've had witness to in your career? Woo, I've had quite a few, but I'm going to give you this most extreme one that comes to mind. So I had a 50-year-old African-American female come to me. And the reason she came to me was because she heard a presentation. I did a lecture on, it would happen to be the sexual reproductive system. And I mentioned that chiropractic has a great impact on women with menstrual cycles, et cetera. So she came to me and she said, Dr. Peebles, I have been menstruating for the past two years. Hmm. Not, not the normal, nonstop. I said, nonstop. I said, okay. And I'm, I'm not really, I'm hearing her. Mm-hmm. I'm not listening to her because I'm still in teacher mode. Right. And so when I'm in teacher mode, I'm not trying, by default, yes, we're, we're gaining patience, but that was not my focus at that moment. And so she's like, yes, I, I need to come see you because I have been having a menstrual cycle and at that particular moment when she spoke to me she had been menstruating non-stop for the past two months wow super heavy and I said oh, okay and she said I'm dropping clots like seven big clots a day and in my head I was like okay seven big clots and as I'm walking from you know people talk to you as you're finished speaking they walk and talk and she shows me a picture and when I look at it, I was like is that a fetus? What did you just show me? Because now I'm confused based on the words she used and the image I'm seeing. Mm. She was dropping clocks that was the size of a fetus, seven of them a day. And her cycle was so heavy that she was wearing the heaviest napkin inside of a depend. Mm. Okay. She's 50. She's looking forward to menopause, but she's out here hemorrhaging from the waist down. And so when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's crazy. 
So some time go by and I'm noticing that she's struggling to attend this particular lecture. And she said, I had a hard time waking up this morning. And in my head, I was like, cause you don't have oxygen, ma'am. You don't have oxygen going to your brain. And at that moment, I said, I need to work with her. The first time I adjusted her, the clocks stopped that night. Wow. They stopped because I'm very, very specific. There's certain segments that I know I hit when I'm working with women, when it comes to their menstrual cycles, that changes their menstrual flow, decreases it, et cetera. But that night she reported her, the clocks stopped, but they only stopped for a couple of days. But when they came back, they were less and they were only the size of a golf ball, not a fetus. So I continued working with her over the next couple of weeks. I, I balanced her spine. The only thing that I couldn't do for her was give her blood. That still needed to be replenished because she had lost so much. And this has been going on for over two, three years at this time where yeah. they would give her a birth control or they'll give her something. It'll stop the menstrual cycle for like a week or two. And then it comes back heavier and just badly. So she had already had blood transfusion and iron transfusion. But when she came to me, I balanced the system, balanced the whole body. And she had to have one more blood transfusion and iron transfusion. And after that, her cycle stopped. She went into menopause. Wow. And she, her hairline grew back. Her, the flushness and color of her skin came back. Her livelihood came back. I mean, everything was impacted by this ongoing menstrual cycle. She couldn't yeah. wear white. She was messing up clothes every day. And right, right, it was just, right. So her love life was impacted. Impacting everything. My God. Everything hurt psychologically. Yes, she mm -hmm. was just becoming more and more depressed because she couldn't do the normal things, the, the things that typically made her happy, hanging with her family. So, but yes, that was my biggest miracle. And so she was like, tell everybody I don't have a cycle anymore. I don't drop clots. I'm great. Man, I, I just can't think where she would be if she didn't find you right i can't even imagine i mean she was already struggling to wake up so it was really weighing on me wow. where that could have gone so she, and she actually found you through an, an outside speaking or i was just speaking yes i was teaching a lecture yes wow see that's why we do those things that's why we do that extracurriculars because unfortunately even though we treat each patient encounter as an opportunity to educate that still isn't enough sometimes right? it's still and actually what happened to her that led to this, it wasn't so much just, okay, she has menstrual issues. She was a CNA at the time and she had fallen, had an injury at work. Mm. So she had her knees, her hips, her back, everything was already hurting from an injury that was like four years prior. So that was when things started to happen. And I, and I tell my patients as one of their little, just a little something for them to hang on to. If your knees are hurting, I want you to expect that there are going to be changes to either your menstrual cycle, your sexual performance, your uterus, your bladder. If you're starting to see things are not working, leaking, or not performing to their best, you're going to come in. So yeah. that actually drives folks in like, oh, I got knee pain all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. Okay. So what do you think chiropractors can, can, to, can do better? I mean, is the main thing education or is there anything else you can think of? It's the main thing is communicating. So yeah, we have the ed education, but we need to be great at communicating the right. information. Right. We have to be consistent at, so 
when I say communicate and educate, educate them that their pain symptoms, neck pain, back pain, is also related to other functions of the body. When we start making that connection that the spine is not independent of everything else, mm-hmm. now we can we can gain their understanding. Now they see the importance, the importance of having regular visits with us. My patients know that their neck pain is most likely tied to, oh, I've been having these earaches or my head hurt. They know it's their neck. Right. When they come in, they say, my digestive system just been off. They now know there's certain parts of their body where they've been feeling tightness at is correlated. And so I make them understand that now, because sometimes pain does not get people in your office. No, not always. Sometimes it's not muscle tightness. So I don't always talk about pain. That's not our indicator. I say, have you noticed that your bowels, the frequency has changed or are you having to push a little bit more? They're like, yeah, I did. Has your back been hurting? No, my back don't hurt because they're not connecting that. So when they start understanding that their function is changing, now they say, oh, I need to come in. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the, that's the true art of it, right? Is, is the communication, you know, we could have, we could have the textbooks and the education, but the art of getting it from your brain out of your mouth into their brain where they receive it that's where the true magic is. I, remember I, had, I had a, uh, I had a physics teacher in college. Physics was the one class I was not good at. Physics, physics one, I was fine. It was once we got into like sound and light refraction, that kind of stuff, I was right. lost. But my professor was a genius. He, he actually used to work for the government, like on the defense contracts, like was making like crazy money. Just want, he was just perfect cool. as like, hey, we, we used to call him Iron Man. Cause like he developed like Iron Man, like suits for the military. Um, but the thing is, he, he couldn't teach. He was the smartest man we knew, but he couldn't communicate his mes- message effectively and convey it to a degree where we were able to, you know, maintain it and understand it and then convey it in our own way. So Absolutely. that's where the art comes in, I think. I think uh, you said every chiropractor has the education, but don't always have the communication tools. And that's one of the things that I've been working on with other chiropractors and continuing to build that platform for me to give them the tools and help them to make it relatable. How do I converse with a patient about certain topics? And so I've developed things and tools for other doctors to help them do that. It's it's a gift that I've been given to be able to take something so complex and be able to bring it down to a level for anyone to understand. And that's really where my success has come from as a math instructor is that I've taken people who have been traumatized by math and turned them into people who look forward to coming to my math class an eight o'clock class at that. Hmm. Right. So, so, yeah, if you can do that, if you can get people <laughs> not afraid of math, you can get them in your clinic too. <laughs> Absolutely. That's incredible. So, yeah. So what, what is your overall goal or your, your purpose for, you know, you, you obviously you're, you're stepping out of your clinic for, for math classes and teaching your, your, your leadership in the community, but now kind of get into, into why we're talking today into the virtual online space. What, what is your goal for all of this? My goal is to reshape people's idea of what success looks like. Hmm. A lot of times when it comes to being a successful doctor, people associate being in that office 24 hours available to patients. Whereas 
I want my success to be that you can have a part-time practice and still be very successful and still have time for your family. So that's why I focus on, I really, I just don't want to be full-time. Right. Right. But I see so many patients. I get them in there, but I don't want to burn out. I don't want to feel boxed in. I'm, we are multifaceted people. Why should that be the only thing that I do? Right. I agree with you. I agree with you. Cool. So, so your message is, is then for doctors as well to, to teach them that they can tap into these other sides and then they almost may have forgotten about, but because they're so locked into their clinic. Correct. Correct. Find, uh, I always tell people to chase their passion, mm-hmm. follow your passion and everything else will work itself out. And so I'm passionate about teaching. I'm passionate about practicing. I do both. And I, I want to be in control of my time. I'm not only here on earth to only work. Right, right. And I'm glad that I figured it out early. And so I just, I, I have such, such fun and I love what I do. That's awesome. So thank God for that mentor who asked you that question so long ago. Yes. Because if you had gone down the neurosurgery path, burnout was probably likely. Very. Yes, for sure. So what age would you recommend for people to start getting adjusted? My youngest patient was a week old. As long as they have a spine. Mm -hmm. Now we're not talking about the people you call spineless, whatever, whatever. But as long as they have a spine, then yes, (laughs) they need to be in there. (laughs) My youngest patient was one day old. (laughs) Really? Yes. Yeah. And I love those. I love those patients, mm-hmm. though. It's amazing how they respond. Yeah. Even even though they don't have the words, you can get such a positive response from them. A smile, even I mean, it's yeah. just my slightest things. And so I love working with the babies. They're, they're blank and slates, right? So they don't have all the crap that we've been burdened with. No, they're totally no. pure. Like, you know, right away, they're getting a good response. Absolutely. I adjusted my daughter when we were in the hospital and I took care of her immediately. And that's why she knew the word chiropractic better than anyone else at the age of two. She can say it. (laughs) Tough word. I know a lot of adults just still get it wrong. Chiropractory, chiropractics. (laughs) Yes, they mess it up. But Jordan, she can say it with such ease. (laughs) It's just comical. She actually tried to be a chiropractor and I had to tell the daycare center, no, don't, don't let her do that. No. <laughs> she has good <laughs> first. <laughs> yeah, she was she was working working on the children, but no one recognized that that's what she was doing. Hmm. They said, I don't understand. These little boys keep letting her do this with their head and they just sit there. And I was like, no, no. That's funny. That's funny. Stop it. Cut it out. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta be, uh, you gotta be careful. They're sponges, right? <laughs> right. I was like, no, what? Not cute. Jordan, don't do that anymore. That's fine. <laughs> Dutch peoples, what, um, what advice would you give to your younger self? To my younger self, to anyone starting in any discipline, the day that you graduate, you look to your left, you look to the right, and it appears that you all are all starting on the same journey. But I want people to understand and what I would have told my younger self if I had known this. Just because 
you're starting or you, just because you're at this graduation together does not mean you're starting your journey at the same point. Some of these people are walking into practices that were already started. Some of them are walking into a practice, but they have a spouse or some kind of help. There are some people who are starting from negative 15 on a scale of one to 10. Mm -hmm. Your journey of where you start is different and where you will end up is different. So do not compare yourself to the person next to you. Mm. Compare yourself to who you were the day before and where you're trying to go. That's awesome. It's, it's so hard to do too, though. I mean, I, I, I know that to be true. I, I say that to my clients as well, but sometimes I find myself comparing myself to others too. And it, it's, it's a natural. Cause we're human. Yeah. We're human. We got it. We're, we're all healing, right. We're, we're, we're trying, but yeah, it, you can't preach that message enough. That's for sure. Absolutely. And it has helped me once I really started focusing on myself and not so much of what someone else has, because I've always been taught, do not try to keep up with the Joneses. I don't know if you've heard that. Don't keep, don't try to keep up with the Joneses. I'm not picking on anyone with the last name Joneses. There's a saying that says, don't keep up with the Joneses. And that was actually a movie. An actual movie had come out and I was so excited. But in the movie, there was the there were these families that lived in these affluent neighborhoods, living in these beautiful houses, but the people inside were so stressed because they were trying to keep up the appearance of right. having the major cars, the big cars, the big house, the pool, all these clothes. And they were crying. And unfortunately, in the movie, the guy um, ended his life because he mm. just couldn't. He had gotten into so much debt trying to have this lifestyle for his family. And right. so I keep that in mind as I move forward. Don't watch what they're doing over there because you don't know what they've done. You don't know what deals they've signed. Just focus on what you're doing and keep pushing. Mm -hmm. Step by step, you will get there. That's great. Yeah, I mean, that all goes back to who your reference point is, right? And Correct. Do not value others' people's opinions more than your own, which is really crazy because at the end and of the day, you only have one person to answer to, and that's yourself. And that's yourself. And, and that's the whole coming back to trusting yourself mm -hmm. with the math and with the patience. You know what you know. Trust yourself. Have confidence. Yep. If you don't trust yourself, why should anyone else? And nobody will. And they'll, okay. they'll be able to tell. I mean, mm -hmm. we've all seen unconfident people. We've all seen people who, you know, we've, I'm sure you've had other people adjust you even. You could tell that the confident practitioners from the non-confident and then so can the average person too. So that goes a long way into just overall practice success. I agree. One of the things I learned from my chiropractor growing up actually was he, he would walk into a room with a patient and I would, I, I was shadowing for a while. And I, I thought that he had known this person for like years, the way he'd be talking to them, but he just walked in and exuded all this confidence. It's like they knew each other for years, even though they just met like the day before or right at that moment. So just that taught me just to have the overall confidence and Correct. The more confidence you have, that'll actually put that patient at ease. And then it does. it'll allow them to have a better and more effective adjustment and better outcome. So there obviously is a certain point you could reach where you have too much confidence. I think we all know where that is, but generally speaking, the more confidence you have, the better for, for you and your patients. I agree. So what, what do you hope that the future looks like for you and your patients and your clients and then for chiropractic in general? Mm. 
Well, with my patients, I want them to continue to being to be free in their movement and free to enjoy life. That's the main thing is learning that pain is not a lifestyle. I saw that on another poster. Pain is not a lifestyle. And once they start to realize it, my patients and I have predominantly African-American patients and a lot of them says, oh, I'm getting old. And it's not just them. But they constantly has this mantra, oh, I'm just getting old. That's why I'm hurting. Oh, I'm just fat. I was like, no, T1 is out. Yeah. (laughs) Just simple things. But they associate pain with getting old, older. And I'm like, no, getting older doesn't have to hurt. That's why you're here. So I adjust them, line them up, get them feeling good. And now that they know that they can be pain free, that's where I want chiropractors to go. That's where I want my patients to be and people who are not patients yet to understand they don't have to be in pain catch it early get it taken care of but as far as the overall field i would love for us to continue to reach more we, we don't reach that high percentage of population just yet we're still working no, we're working but if we work on our communication skills and we work on what we display to the public we would get there and we're gaining speed. We're definitely gaining speed. Yeah, it's a fight. And, you know, we've, we've been fighting it. I mean, we've, we've come a long way. At least they're not throwing us in jail anymore. But <laughs> right. we, need, we need to continue to fight that. And again, I, I strongly believe that through conversations like this, through what you're doing in your community, and then also day to day with each patient on the table. Absolutely. Dr. Peebles, great conversation today. Where can we find more information about you? You can check out my website, www.stlprohealth.com. I'm on LinkedIn at Dr. Danny P. I'm on Facebook at Dr. Danny P. And what's the other social media? Oh, Twitter. Twitter. Clearly, I don't. <laughs> I sound like my patients. We, we tweet, soon. We tweet. What we're doing now? <laughs> So I clearly have help with that. Yeah, my daughter. Good. good. <laughs> my nine-year-old. But definitely on my website, check that out. I'm very, very, very proud of that website. I also have a blog on there in which okay. I <laughs> I titled the blog after a comment a patient made, and it's called That Ish Works. And the conversation that was had was she was actually 90-some years old. She came in with her niece, her cousin, I apologize, her cousin, brought her in and said, you got to see Dr. Peebles. So she hails from Chicago, comes in, I assess her, adjust her, and I said, your blood pressure, I'm kind of, I'm worried about your blood pressure. Be sure to go check your doctor out when you go back home. So she goes home, checks with the doctor, and the doctor is like, I don't even understand how you're walking right now. Your blood pressure is way too low. How are you standing? Probably that adjustment I gave her, gave her an extension on life to make it back up to Chicago. But the doctor was like, your blood pressure is way too low. This is this. And he went down the list of things that I pointed out to her. And so she called her cousin back and she said, you tell that little girl, because she was 90 and I'm clearly not 90. And so I'm short and little and Sometimes endearingly, they'll say little girl. So mm. the lady said, tell your cousin. I mean, look, she told her cousin, tell that little girl. <laughs> that shit works. <laughs> I was like, that lady said that. And I 
was just screaming and laughing. And so I decided to name my blog after that. That ish works. <laughs> Again, great title. Very catchy. Gonna, gonna raise the eyebrows. <laughs> Again, I'm good at raising eyebrows. What did you, you say? You are. <laughs> that feels great talking to you today. Really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. I um, did too. I look forward to, to hearing from more about you in the future, following you. Um, I, I want to see more of you. Okay. I would okay. love to be seen. So get out there, get on, get, get, get on the socials. It's hard. Have your daughter help you, but great talking. You got a great message. Wish nothing the best. I'm, I would thank you. I appreciate it. And I'm definitely looking forward to hitting more platforms, hitting more stages and just being more vocal. So you, you haven't seen the last of me. Good, good. I like that. <laughs> All right. Well, in there, Dr. Peoples, pleasure talking to you. Everybody go ahead and listen on Spotify. It's going to be up on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, basically anywhere you can get your podcasts. I'll be linking on my Instagram, Facebook feed as well. Dr. Peoples will get this out to you so you can get out to your audience. And then hopefully more and more conversations to this will lead to more and more change. Absolutely. Dr. Peoples, have a great day. Good talking you to too. you. Take care.